You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Things off on another Calgary Flames game day. Tuesday night from the Scotiabank Saddledome, it's the Flames and the Minnesota Wild. And the Flames, we've got an update on Jacob Markstrom today. We'll get you that news in just moments. Lineups, details, all of that coming your way as the 10, 11, and 3 Calgary Flames welcome in the 8, 10, and 4. Minnesota Wild. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. We'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska, Michael Backlund, Rasmus Anderson, and more on a game day. As we get you set for the Flames and the Minnesota Wild. 7 o'clock puck drop from the Scotiabank Sandalome on Tuesday means a 6 o'clock Flames warm-up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. He'll get you set for the Flames and Mini. And of course, it'll be Derek Wills and Corey Sarich on the call at 7 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, if you'd like to watch tonight's game, it's available on Sportsnet West. We'll chat uh, lots of flames and many throughout the day. We'll also take a look at the opposition with Wes Walls, former NHLer, former Calgary Flame and Minnesota Wild forward. Will join us to take a look at the mini side of things. They've had a coaching change already early on this season. What's the story with Minnesota coming into today? We'll also check in with our pal Peter Klein, host of the Couch Potato Diary, regular here on Sportsnet 960. CFL news to get to, some major restructuring in Hamilton. We'll also get, of course, PK thoughts on the Flames heading into tonight's matchup with Minnesota. But a quick reminder, fan feedback line is always open to you here on the program. Choose to text if you're listening live at 960-960. Anything you want to talk about, we'll get to the text line throughout the program today. My outstanding producers on this Tuesday, December 5th, are Cam and Taylor. But yes, of course, we'll start with the Calgary Flames and the Minnesota Wild. Another game day, game four of six on this crucial homestand for the Calgary Flames. And yesterday, after Jacob Markstrom left practice, there was nothing but question marks leading up to today. Well, we have an update per the team uh, a little bit earlier on this Tuesday. You've probably seen the release already. But Jacob Markstrom is uh, out for a little bit for the Calgary Flames. He is dealing with a fractured finger. Currently week to week, no surgery required. Dustin Wolf has been recalled from the American Hockey League's Calgary Wranglers. So your goaltending duo heading into tonight's matchup. Dan Vladar will get the start. Dustin Wolf will back him up. It was an optional morning skate, so 
what we can tell you from uh, Morning Skate for our pal Pat Steinberg, of course, host of Flames Talk and host of Flames Hockey here on Sportsnet 960. Well, we are going to see some changes. Not only Dan Vladar going in net, but it looks like Martin Pospisil and Dennis Gilbert were working late. That usually indicates that they will not partake in the game tonight. So we're expecting Ilya Solovyov and Walker Dewar to come into the lineup. Where they fit in exactly, not sure. Of course, no line rushes because it was an optional morning skate. So tune in to Flames warm-up around 6.30 with Pat here on Sportsnet 960 to get uh, immediate reaction when they start doing the line rushes at warm-up. And we'll get a better idea because, of course, everyone will want to know was Walker Dewar immediately going to slide into Martin Pospisil's spot with Nazem Kadri and Connor Zeri? Will we see Dylan Dubé perhaps moved up into that spot and slide Walker Dewar in a fourth-line role? I think Solovyov, a pretty easy option to see on the third pairing with Jordan Osterley, but again, better to wait and see what happens at Flames warm-up before we can confirm any of that. So again, Markstrom, week-to-week week with a fractured finger, no surgery required. Dustin Wolf recalled from the American Hockey League's Calgary Wranglers. Pospisil, Gilbert, scratched Solovyov, and Walker Dewar coming in. That's uh, the latest on the Calgary Flames heading into a game day against the Minnesota Wild. Let's get you the latest from the Flames locker room, starting with the head coach, Ryan Huska. His thoughts on a game day following morning skate. His crew set to take on the Minnesota Wild Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. I guess around the big news being Hartstrom's injury and how that affect your group adapt? We have good goaltenders. You know, we mentioned that yesterday and, uh, you know, um, Jacob's injury just opens the door for opportunity for both Danny and, and Dusty. So we're, we're not concerned in that regard, yeah. Knowing when it's week to week, so you must be planning for at least a couple of weeks, does that change? your plan for how you want to use your goal no doesn't you know i mean that goes back to the well having trust in in the guys that we have in the organization so it's almost like you just shift the the names as to how you had it penciled out so um we know both guys will give us chances to win so we're we're comfortable playing both for sure will the breakdown of playing time be similar between Bladar and Wilson was between Marks and it depend how, how it goes you know that stuff's all kind of up in the air but the great thing about uh, Jacob's injury um, it's not as bad as it it seemed so week to week is um, you could see him I don't know one week it could be shortly thereafter so it's not something that um, is anything we're expecting to be long term which is a great thing to be around the organization organization for perhaps a little bit longer, maybe like it is a week-to-week, but just being around. Uh, I think it's always a great thing for a young guy to be around, no matter what the situation is, whether you're playing or not. I, I think some guys over the years, and you can look at Rasford as an example, he was brought up as a younger guy, and I think he played one game in about a month's time. Um, but he had an opportunity to spend time with the players to see how they did things on a daily basis. And for, for Wolfie, I, I look at it the same way. The difference is he'll play. Um, you know, so it, it's a good opportunity to have a chance to work with Jason all the time. It's a good opportunity to um, see what Vladdy does at the other end of the rink. And it's a great opportunity to be around Jacob as well because it's not like Jacob's not going to be in the room. So it's, it's a good thing for sure. Talked about how heavily you had to lean on Markstrom in the first month, where the team game maybe wasn't where it needed to be. 
as far as timing, is this maybe a good time in a sense because the team game's trending in the right direction? Um, I, timing, I don't know about timing. You never want to see anybody um, go go down, but um, Vladdy's coming off his best start he's had this year, um, and Dusty played two great games in Henderson um, this past weekend. So, uh, you know, we're as I said, we're we're comfortable with where we're at. Seen Jacob's presence rub off on players in the time that you've been here. Why does uh, that work? He's he's got a personality about him, you know, and I you love that about him. Some goaltenders he, on game day, Kelly would be able to test to it. You don't want to go near them. Um, the Jacobs, uh, he's he's a different level on game day, um, but he's very approachable. Um, I, I like the way he he comes to the rink every day and conducts his business. And the players see a guy that is confident and dialed in. It gives them a lot of confidence as well going into games. So he's done a great job this year of, of coming back and, and really feeling good about where his game is at. And in, a, in a way, are you, like unfortunate circumstance, but you're around Dan pretty frequently. And in a way, are you kind of like he gets this opportunity to run with a little bit? Like that's got to be a, something you might be happy that he gets to circumstance? He, well, it's opportunity and he deserves it too. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about our goaltenders here over the last probably a year and a half, really that we feel like we have three guys that are capable of being number one guys. So now when doors open a little bit, it's up to that player to make sure that door doesn't close. So um, whether you're talking about Danny or Wolfie, that they have to push it open further and they have to make some difficult decisions. So that's, that's now on them a little bit where um, the door has opened a crack because of a, an injury to Jacob. And now it's up to them to, to really push and take advantage of their opportunity. So we've talked to Jacob, and I, is he relieved? Obviously, you said it could could have been worse. Um, he, well, he wanted to play tonight. Still, that's the way he is. You love it about him. Um, um, so I, I don't know if relieved is the right answer, but um, I, I don't anticipate him being out all that long, knowing him. So what have you gotten from, and maybe what have you seen in terms of progression with the uh, Uyghur and Anderson pairing there? Um, I think they're getting more comfortable playing with each other. Mackenzie, originally we liked him on his onside. Um, we felt like the game was a little bit more fluid during his time with us. Um, but when you looked at our pairs in the back end, um, at times he wasn't playing enough. And this gave us an opportunity to get him some more minutes. And I think he's got himself back to being comfortable playing on his offside again. Um, the one thing that you do see is both those guys have the ability to generate some offense and jump in the play. Mackenzie's shooting the puck a lot right now, and I know Raz is kind of feeding into that a little bit because he's a big reason why he's getting the shots away. Um, but I, I, I think both guys are very competitive, and I think both guys have pushed each other to kind of find another level. When you say he wanted to play tonight, that's not just a turn of phrase. Like he literally wanted to play tonight. Well, he would, if he could hardly move around, he would want to play. That's just the way he is. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, have responded well to a coaching change. What have you seen from them, and what challenges do they present? Um, they're when you watch their games right now, they're back to the way they were playing last year, where they have uh, a, a great offensive skill set with a number of their players, and they're moving around in the offensive zone well. And they've started games really well uh, since John has been there. I think they've outscored their opponents eight to one in the first period. So that's a great challenge for us coming into tonight. But on the flip side, they've given up three goals in three games too. So um, they're feeling better about themselves for sure. There you go. The head coach, Ryan Huska, his thoughts on a game day flames and the Minnesota wild Tuesday night from the Scotia bank saddle of course, with Jacob Markstrom, unfortunately going down, it has raised the excitement level for flames fans. Once again, to potentially see Dustin Wolf at the NHL level, once again, if it is truly week to week, like Ryan says, maybe the rest of the homestand, we can expect to see 
Dan Vodar and maybe a combination of Dustin Wolf. How often would you like to see Dustin on this homestand? Would you like to see him Thursday, perhaps an afternoon game against New Jersey, one, two starts? I think it's reasonable to expect if Dustin's going to come up for a week that you would give him one of the remaining home starts. But we'll wait and see what the plan is for Ryan Huska, who did mention there that could have been worse for Jacob Markstrom, and they don't expect it to be a very long-term injury for the number one goaltender for the Calgary Flames. So like I said, that hasn't dulled the excitement for Dustin Wolf uh, being recalled to the Flames today. Uh, of course, he was a, a popular member of uh, the Flames doing media today at the Scotiabank Sound Dome following an optional morning skate. Dustin, just the, the opportunity I had for you a little bit of unfortunate circumstances about how you feel getting the call up and your chance to get into some games over the Yeah, like you said, obviously terrible thing to happen to Mark yesterday, but um, you know, a good opportunity for myself to... Um, to hopefully get an opportunity to play some games and um, just be around this atmosphere and the guys and try to get myself a little more company to it. How, how comfortable are you? This is, I think, your third recall of late. How, how, how much more comfortable are you than, say, at the end of last season when you first got the call? Yeah, much more. I think um, you know, I've gotten to know the guys a little bit better and I've uh, already been up for a week this year. Um, so it's been it's been good to, to be in this locker room and um, you know, be able to put my best for, foot forward every day and I'll try to help the team win. I mean, I don't think playing in the NHL is considered normal at all. It's a, it's a gift, and um, just trying to take advantage of it. How would you assess your performance in the game you did play this season? Yeah, obviously the result didn't didn't come, but um, you know, I was pretty happy with with you know how I how I played, and um, you know, like I said that night it's a building block for sure um you know, you're not going to win every night but it, you want to give your team the best opportunity to, uh, to win and um you know if you can do that and you know that's i'm doing my job Justin, what are things from playing in an nhl game that you learned that you wouldn't learn without playing it is there i know that sounds strange but yeah i mean it's a reasonable question because guys are so good in this league uh it's different than the american league guys are so much better at, at tipping pucks and um, getting in your face and getting in your eyes and making it difficult for you to see things. And um, you know, it makes my my job a little harder. So I gotta um, you know make sure I'm fighting through and doing everything I can to to see pucks. And um, I know the guys in front of me are gonna do everything they can to help. A quick check in with tonight's backup goaltender Dustin Wolf. He's back up with the Flames, of course, following the injury news for Jacob Markstrom, who was out week to week with a fractured finger. No word yet on when we might see Dustin start for the Calgary Flames. We do know that Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild, it will be Dan Vladar. Let's check in with Rasmus Anderson ahead of a game day for the Calgary Flames, the Flames' number one defenseman, checking in with the media again ahead of tonight's matchup with the Minnesota Wild. Rasmus, maybe just with, um, I think you look at the first three games of this homestand and obviously the way you want to start, where do you kind of get back to? What do you have to kind of get back to in terms of your game? Uh, better first periods. Uh, you know, I think we've been trailing 10 out of our last 12. Uh, so just a better start and, um, you know, get the first goal and play with the lead. Is that first shift? Do you look at the first shifts in this I mean, you look at the first period overall and... Um, yeah, just be ready from everyone's first shift and uh, get it from there. Maybe if you have to simplify to start and get into it, you do that. And uh, and yeah, so it just uh, you know easy starts and then um, kind of get into it. With Jacob out for a little bit here, like what was your initial reaction? How do you how do you as a team adapt to that? Yeah, I I 
didn't really see it. I saw it kind of, I just saw him skating off, and uh, you never want to see that, and um, it doesn't matter who it is, And uh, but you never want to see anyone go down, and uh, it sucks. It sucks for him, it sucks for us, and um, but, you know, we just got to rally as a team, and, um, you know, if it's Vladi or Wolfie or whoever, whoever plays, uh, we still have a lot of trust in our goalies. We have three uh, really good goalies, and... Um, and you know you just got to rally as a team. How have you seen Jacob bounce back this season between the pipes compared to last season? He came into training camp with a chip on his shoulder. I think it's fair to say, and has really put that on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys put a lot more into last season than we do, and uh, you know you want to get better each and every year. And uh, and he's been really good this year. And um, he's uh, I've said it before, and you know he's one of our leaders in the room as well. So. Uh, He'll be missed in the room, and he'll be missed on the ice. That's for sure. What does he do, maybe in the room, in terms of leadership? You know, he's always he's always ready to play, and uh, you know, he holds himself accountable. And um, you know, it's the old saying: you got to hold yourself accountable before you hold anyone else accountable. So, and he's kind of the prime example of that. And um, yeah, he's just a leader in the room. He says the right things, and um, you know, usually a goalie's kind of in their own bubble, and he is too. But uh, you know, he speaks up when he has to, and uh, he's not afraid to do it. You see him up close, obviously, pair with him. What have you seen on Mackenzie Weger this season? Yeah, he's really good. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of want to play similar, me and him. Uh, we want to join the rush and get a lot of pucks worse than that. And, uh, you know, I think uh, for him being on that left side, uh, you know, he gets a lot of one T looks on the Ozone. And uh, he's uh, he has a few muffins that goes in the net lately, too. So, uh He's, uh, he's had a really strong start, and uh, now we just got to keep building. You mentioned you mentioned you guys kind of have a similar style where you both want to jump. You kind of got to look over to make sure he's not going, or he's got yeah. to look over to make sure he's not going. Uh, no, we usually have a good we usually have a good read off of each other, and uh, and we read off each other well, and uh, it's been working so far this year. And um, yeah, as I said, he's had a really good start, and uh, now we just got to you know now we get into those kind of grind games and uh, and mid schedule a lot of games and in a few days so uh, we just got to stick with it and uh, you know play well every night. You've been around Dan for a couple of years now in a way are you kind of happy like he he does get an opportunity to run with a little bit here and what have you seen? Yeah I mean he's a really good goalie as well and uh, he uh, you know he's been playing really well lately too so uh, as I said we got a lot of trust in uh, in all three of them and it doesn't matter who plays and we do have a lot of trust in all, all of them, and uh, Vladi is uh, a really good goalie and a really good person too. So uh, I'm excited for him. And um, yeah, now we just, uh, as I said, you know, you got to play, you got to play the same way no matter who plays in net or who plays in D and who plays in forward. So um, you know, we just got to rally as a team. And uh, Mark will be missed, but uh, we have a lot of faith in in all of our goalies. So you are not studying Mackenzie Weaver shot. Not. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I got to learn from him, too. You know, he finds a way to get it through. And, uh, you know, if it's a dipper from the blue line or whatever it is, he goes in. So I might have to take a page out of his book. Yeah. playing the same way with all the goalies. I mean, are there any differences in terms of how you guys have to play? Just in terms of whether they see the puck or rebound control? Or Not really. I mean, the only difference probably is that I think Marky's probably top two, top three goalie in the league of playing the puck. And that's probably the biggest difference for uh, you know the defensemen especially. And uh, but other than that, I mean, stopping the puck, they they're all doing a really good job of that. But the biggest difference probably that Mark is uh, top goalie in the league of playing the puck. That's probably the biggest difference. There you go, Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson doing the media rounds following morning skate at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome on Tuesday.
bringing the latest from the Flames locker room right here on Sportsnet today. And one more to hear from on a game day against the Minnesota Wild. Let's check in with the captain, Michael Backlund, his thoughts ahead of tonight's matchup. I mean, Michael, so news of the day being Jacob, you know, has the, the team react and, and adapt to him being away for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I know. I feel bad for him. Um, yeah, it's always tough, uh, you know, when guys get injured. And, um, yeah, you know, he's uh, disappointed. Um, but, um, you know, the Vladi and Wolf has got to rally now and play really good and step up. Uh, I mean, they both play well when they had the chance this year. So, uh, but we're definitely going to miss Marquis, a uh, big leader in this room. How, how does he show that leadership that, what, that you, you say Rasmus said? Well, I just like he battles on the ice every practice, uh, every game uh, in the room. You know, um, he talks when he feels like he has to, and just his presence uh, in the room uh, is a uh, big leadership uh, presence. So, um, yeah, he's a big part of this this group. So uh, we're gonna miss him. What's he meant to your group on the ice this year? Yeah, he's been playing really well. Uh, like I said, um, he's a. Uh, He's been very, uh, you can tell he's been very confident and poised on the ice this year, and uh, he's had a really good start. Uh, would like to won- win more games in front of him, but um, he's been playing well this year. What's important uh, after Saturday to get back to what you guys need to do well tonight against Minnesota? What's important in making that happen? Yeah, we talked about it now for um, a week. We need a better better start. Uh, it's a big key. Uh, talked about it this morning, too. Minnesota's been really good last few games on in the first period, so uh, we got to have a better start than we had, especially last game. Um, and we know they're going to come out, so uh, it's a big key. And then, um, yeah, get that pace back, uh, play play with the fast with the puck, and um, check really hard when we don't have the puck. How does the team adapt its play from one goalie to another? I'm sure there are some subtle differences in playing from Markstrom versus Sabler. What are those? Well, we used to play in front of both of them, so um, there's no adjustments for us. We're we're used. Vladdy's played there third season, and uh, he's played a lot of games, so we're used to we used to play in front of Vladdy. The captain, Michael Backlund, our final check-in on the Flames locker room on a game day ahead of the Flames and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, quick reminder: if you missed it earlier, the latest from the Dome today, per our pal Pat Steinberg, optional morning skate, so we don't have lines and D pairings, but expecting Ilya Solovyov and Walker Dewar to enter the lineup. Out, Martin Pospisil and Dennis Gilbert. Dan Vladar gets the start in goal as Jacob Markstrom is week-to-week with a fractured finger. Dustin Wolf has been recalled and will back up Dan Vladar for tonight's game. 6 o'clock, Flames warm-up with the aforementioned Pat Steinberg. He'll take you all the way up until 7 o'clock when Derek Wills and Corey Sarich take over to call the matchup between the Calgary Flames and the Minnesota Wild live here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll touch on the Flames and a couple other sporting topics with our next guest. You know him, you love him. He's a regular here on Sportsnet 960. Excited to talk with primetime Peter Klein. He joins the program next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. All right, welcome back inside the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on a game day. Flames and the Minnesota Wild. 7 o'clock Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. That, of course, our main focus here on the program this afternoon. But lots going on around the sporting world as well. We had Monday Night Football last night, which actually turned out to be a lot of fun unless you're Trevor Lawrence's ankle. And we've got a bunch of news around the CFL. Corey Mace is the new head coach in Saskatchewan. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are shuffling things up. A perfect time to uh, chat about all these things with our pal, 
host of the Couch Potato Diaries, regular contributor here on Sportsnet 960. You know him, you love him. We're checking in on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline with our pal, primetime Peter Klein. What's up, PK? How are you, pal? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, like I said, tons going on. Game days are always fun and uh, perfect time to chat with you because we got uh, a bunch of different things we can hit on today. Yeah, no, there's, uh, it's a lot going on for it being December 5th. Like there's a lot of times where we're getting ready for holiday breaks and stuff and hockey. It's like, well, not a lot's going to go on, but there's trades. We got goalies getting hurt. Baseball news is going crazy. There's CFL news that caught me off guard today. So yeah, like you said, there's a a ton going on right now. Um, Let's start with the flames. I think that's what everybody's probably most interested in today. Markstrom week to week with a fractured finger, but uh, listening to everybody at the Dome today, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of worry from this group. Do you feel the same way with the news we got today about Jacob Stannis? Uh I feel a, a number of different ways. I, I am I am just a giant ball of feelings on this, I guess. Um, on, <laughs> as on the, always, part, as always, right? right? Exactly, yes. Yeah, I, I am always a giant ball of something. Uh, but when it, when it comes to Markstrom, like it sucks, right? Like, and, and we can get to why it maybe sucks less for the flames in a few moments, but just from the Jacob Markstrom standpoint of it, this is a guy who has turned things around after last year was abysmal. And so when things are going bad and they start to go good, you want them to continue to go good. And I would suggest breaking something on one's hand does not equal things going good. So for Markstrom, it just, it sucks. But for the rest of the team, this is now a chance to see an extended run of Dustin Wolf, which we are all very excited about. And I think just having him around um, around the NHL team every day, around NHL life every day for a couple of weeks is going to be a positive for him. And if he gets an extended run with the team, that would be super duper as well. And you get just you get to see a little bit more of him and he gets to see a little bit more of what NHL life is like. So that's making the best out of a, a bad situation. And then for Dan Vladar, who has been fine this season, uh, there, there's been a couple of times where it's been a little shaky. And there's been a couple of times where he has been the, the guy that everyone kind of fell in love with a, a season ago. We now get to potentially see him in a, a few more games than we would before. And you, you get to see a little bit more of what you have in him. Because I think when a lot of people look at the future plans of the Calgary Flames, Vladar's name doesn't come up a whole lot aside from, well, after you trade him, um, and so we'll see, like, does he, I'm not going to say all of a sudden, well, now Vladar is the goalie of the future, but does he boost that trade value a little bit or does he play in a way where you're fine to potentially lose him on waivers? Um, so I, I think that this is, it, it starts out bad because of how well Markstrom has played, but you get to do a whole lot of learning about what you have in your system. And that's always kind of a, a fun thing for fans and for the front office as well. So let's say it is week to week and, and Ryan Huska did say today, Look, Jacob wanted to play tonight. That's obviously not going to happen, but we figure it was uh, not as bad as it could have been. So let's say it is week to week, and that puts us at uh, at least three games between now and next Tuesday when they're in Las Vegas. That's Carolina Thursday, New Jersey Saturday, and potentially Colorado next Monday. Where, if any, of those spots would you start Dustin Wolf if you were the Calgary Flames? I absolutely would start him against the Devils um, on Saturday. That that would be 100% the, the direction I, I would go for sure. Um, that they are a team that can produce a lot on offense, but maybe have have kind of stumbled a little bit this season. And look, like we've talked before about how absolutely insane the schedule is. And if you're going to be an NHL goalie, 
eventually you're going to have to play good teams. And so while I am trying to kind of protect him a little bit, uh, you could very easily just be like, you know what, kid? Screw it. Carolina, Devils, call, you know what? Play both of the back-to-back. Colorado and Vegas. You're young. You'll bounce back. Um, you, like that, that is absolutely a way you could go. But I, I think for me, the, the Devils one is the, the first one that I look at. And then, honestly, I would do one of Carolina, Colorado. Um, Carolina puts a ton of pucks on the net and really makes you work for it. So that, that could be a good learning experience or remarkably overwhelming. Um, they would have to know that in the room. But I, I would do two of three. I understand not doing it tonight. Um, he went to bed last night as an American Hockey League goalie and he woke up an NHL goalie. I wouldn't then want to throw him in there, uh, even though the Wild are kind of the, the softest landing spot um, of the bunch that we've discussed. But I think that Devils game for sure, and then one of Carolina-Colorado. Is this a potential turning spot, you think, for Craig Conroy, This knowing that, hey, maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks without Jacob Markstrom, and we've talked so much about this stretch against good teams sort of being the fork in the road as to which direction the GM will point the ship going forward the rest of the season. Does that almost get amplified in your mind, knowing that the number one goaltender is not going to be there for this stretch? It does. Yeah. I, I think like this whole stretch was always going to be kind of that measuring stick of where they are. And so honestly, so far pretty well, so good. I, I didn't love the outing against the Canucks, but there's positives to take away from that. And the games before that have been fine. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I, I think part of it too is Markstrom has played really well this season and maybe he doesn't mask uh, or maybe Vladar and Wolf don't mask as many flaws as could pop up. So I think honestly, you get maybe a bit more truth telling as to what this group really is when you don't have a goalie playing at as high of a level as Markstrom has been between the pipes back there. So maybe it just, you, you expose a little bit more of what you actually have in this group here and, and what you might need and what you might be looking to, to be able to move going forward. Uh, last one on the flames. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. Uh, grade the Nikita Zadorov trade for me on both ends. Uh, I would say from a flame standpoint, um, I would say B plus. I know a lot of people wanted a, a second round pick or even a first round pick for Nikita Zadorov. That just simply was never going to happen. Um, he is a, a third-pairing defenseman who can make some excellent plays for sure, but he can make some plays that will like actively cost you games. And so that puts you on a third pair. Uh, the fact that he's playing with Tyler Myers is hilarious. But from, <laughs> from a flame standpoint, I think not having to retain salary is a huge part of this. Now that they still have three potential UFAs to, to, to move out, and three spots where you can retain some salary. So that helps things greatly. Um, so honestly, I don't know why I'm as low as a B plus. I'll give it an A. Um, I changed my mind. I, I give it an A based on uh, based on just talking it through there right now. Like A plus would be you somehow got a first round pick, but sure. I, I think that would have involved brandishing a weapon and threatening people. So I I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. So I'll 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 go with an A on uh, on the uh, the trade for Nikita Sidorov. I I just think expectations got a little wild. I, I said on uh, one of the places where I talked that. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, and look, I, I kind of fell into it as well, that there's a lot of teams bidding for this guy, so you can drive the price up. Well, if I walked in there with a pen and was like, hey, does anyone need a pen? And all three of you said, yeah, I could use a pen. All right, 25 cents. Who wants it? A couple of you would. If I said, okay, a dollar, you all would go and tell me where I could shove that pen. Like at some point, the price is too high for everyone. And I think a second round pick, regardless of how many teams were involved, was too high for everyone. Nikita Zadorov is a player where you can say, hey, look, these are guys, these guys are going to three and a fifth. 
second round pick and it's yours. And the other teams would go, okay. Like yeah. that's that, that's basically where he is at. He is a, a player that gets you at most a third and a fifth and the Flames got a third and a fifth. So bravo. Yeah. And you don't have to retain any salary. Vancouver even went out of their way to go and move the money out from an Anthony Bavillier so that they could just make the trade happen and not have to get in into any of the intricacies of, okay, well, you're eating 1.275 of his contract this year. We feel that's equivalent to an extra fifth-round pick, so let's negotiate off of that. No, 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 they don't have to do any of that. They literally just take the salary and move on, and I, I think that that's something we haven't talked enough about in this is that Vancouver was literally like, we'll just clear the path. We want the guy. We don't have to deal with any of the other stuff. Here's what we'll pay, and that's probably pretty easy for Craig Connor to say, okay, got the price, let's go. Yeah, exactly. You can just slide him right in there. And there's nothing more Jim Rutherford than saying, wait a minute, I get to make one trade so I can make a second <laughs> trade? How lovely. Yeah, um, so perfect. it really was the perfect – yeah, it was the perfect scenario for him. And honestly, like, it, that part made sense for, for Chicago and, and for Bavillier as well. He is – Bavillier is absolutely one of those I can't quit you guys, even though there is so much evidence to say I should quit him. But uh, I feel like there is still an offensive upside there. Throw him in Chicago. He's going to get a lot of ice time. He's going to be able to put up some points and maybe get things going for him again. So I think that one made sense as we've laid out for, for Vancouver. It made sense for, for Chicago, and I think it worked for the player as well. Okay, let's move from hockey and move over to baseball. Winter meetings underway uh, in Nashville, but of course nobody in Toronto or anyone who cheers for the Blue Jays uh, really cares about what's happening in Nashville right now. They're all concerned about what's potentially happening in Florida or in different parts of Anaheim. And we've even gotten to the point uh, of Shohei Otani fandom, PK, that accounts like Josh the Jays fan and Bad News Jays are being quote-tweeted by Ben Nicholson-Smith because they've been tracking private airplanes from the Jays facility back to Anaheim and trying to line up the times with when Shohei Otani might have been at the Florida complex and might have been meeting with the Jays. Like it's, we've reached that level of, of pandemonium around this. I don't even know what to say. Like, is it possible? I'm sure I'm, uh, that would be great, but I don't know. As a Blue Jays fan, doesn't this just feel like the opportune time to be like, yes, it's going to happen. And you just know it's going to be pulled out from under you by somebody like the Dodgers who just pays him a billion dollars and it doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it, it I, I am trying so hard to not get really excited about this. Cause like I, I went through it all right. Like I was, I, I, there was one point at Sunday where I was like, you know what, if they don't get both Soto and Otani, <laughs> this is a failed off season. Um, like I, just, I, I you didn't do it. anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What only Cody Bellinger peasants. Um, so like I, I have gone through all of it. Right. And I, I think we all follow a certain Yankee fan on social media. Who's retweeting every freaking thing about the Yankees too. <laughs> and the, the mocking of blue Jay fans for even dreaming. But th- th- like, this is, this is a very real possibility. Like there are, if there are a hundred alternate universes, there's at least 25 of them where Shoei Otani is a, a Toronto blue Jay. Um, and like you, you think about it, it, a lot of it does make sense to, to kind of put it together. And this is the negotiating part that I've done in my brain because I am ready to get hurt and dive in and think that this could actually happen. But the, the Blue Jays, for all we can say about Shapiro and Atkins and all the super clever nicknames people come up with, um, the one thing that you can say about this team is they have put so much work into 
specifically the areas of life that Shohei Otani finds important, or at least that we can gather he finds important. They have put over $100 million into the facility in Dunedin to help um, player performance and to, to get the, the most out of their players from a, a physical standpoint. They put a lot into uh, research and data and everything you can think of. Uh, about how to help these players reach peak performance. And if we've heard anything about Shohei Otani, it's that this guy is an absolute freak when it comes to maximizing his potential and becoming the most optimal athlete. And the Blue Jays, over the last decade or so, have put a lot of work in to develop those areas, which like it makes sense, right? You, like, you have a bunch of athletes, why not make the most out of them? But Shohei Otani and the Toronto Blue Jays fit because of what the, the Blue Jays have been doing in trying to, to renovate the Rogers Center, um, changing up the, the player facilities there as well so that they can get the most out of it, the, the sports science programs, all of it. Like they, they have put a lot of work in for it. Now, are people getting a little bit crazy? Yes, this is very similar to uh, when Kawhi Leonard was maybe or maybe not going to sign with the Raptors and we had helicopters following him like he was OJ on his way to a hotel um, <laughs> to, to try to figure out, if, is that him? Is he going to sign? Could it be? Um, and there was a lot of talk like, hey, it's locked down. Like, there's no way he's not going to be a Raptor. And then he was a Clipper. So we, we've definitely, a different sport, but we've definitely been played along by this before. Um, as Ben Nicholson-Smith tweeted out today, the favorites still, as they have always been, are the L.A. Dodgers. But I do think second place right there is the Toronto Blue Jays, which gets you nothing. But it does put you in a spot where you can kind of, like, with the right maneuvering, you can work your way into that number one spot. And the, if the Blue Jays don't get Shohei Otani, it won't be for a lack of trying, I am sure. No, and look, the Dodgers thing, we have to realize, is a life of convenience going from, like, I mean, for all we know, the guy doesn't have to move. It's still the best and easiest option for him traveling back to Japan. And you literally stay in a great climate. The tax situation stays the same. You just go from an organization that doesn't know left from right or baseball from basketball sometimes to an organization that literally just throws money at, at every single star player they can get their hands on. And maybe it doesn't result in as many World Series titles, but I guarantee you'll play more playoff games with the Dodgers than you did with the Angels, and convenience <laughs> means something, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I will say, like, the, the flight from L.A. to, to Japan being qu quicker than Toronto to Japan, it's a couple of hours, um, and I've done, okay. like, I, I, I did Vancouver to Japan, and I didn't come away from that being, oh, man, that was convenient. Like, it's, <laughs> it's still, no matter what you say, there is a very large body of water between North America and Japan, regardless of what side of North America you're on. Like it's, it is a long flight. And so, but like, who knows? The, the, the weird part of this is Shohei Otani is so just like walk and safe silent. Like nothing yeah. comes out of that camp as to, to what's most important. Maybe there's like just this one random burger joint on his street that he's just super attached to. And if the Blue Jays can't literally helicopter that into Toronto, he's not signing. Like we just, we have no idea what is actually important to this guy. I just tried to guess based off of different stories that have been written, but we really genuinely don't know. Is winning the most important thing? Is the money the most important thing? Is lifestyle, is whatever. Like 
who knows what is actually the most important with this guy. So we're all, we're trying to guess, and maybe it is a couple of extra hours closer to Japan. Maybe it is a different time zone that makes it easier for games to be seen there or whatever. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is this guy is a vault when it comes to what his information is and, and what's important to him. And so like, we're, we're all just trying to, to guess along with it. Uh, he's Peter Klein, host of the Couch Potato Diary. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Also, regular contributor here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, we're going around some of the biggest sports stories uh, right now. We talked about Shohei and the Jays. We're going to move uh, to C- CFL news. Uh, the coaching carousel uh, in full motion, PK. It's been a couple days now since the news out of Saskatchewan. They have lured Corey Mace uh, away from Toronto. He's their new head coach. I got reports last night that Mark Mueller is going to join him as his OC in Saskatchewan. What was your initial reaction hearing that Corey Mace got the job over Buck Pierce in Saskatchewan? Um, I think it's a home run. Like, I I don't think there's a wrong answer between Corey Mace and Buck Pierce. Uh, Maybe results will, will play out that there was one, but both of those guys come highly coveted and I think are deserving of the opportunity. Um, we've been able to chat with Corey a bunch um, in his time in Calgary at 960. I'm fairly confident he's the first riders coach who follows me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I feel pretty good about saying that. Um, Check again, you never Ken know. Austin, yeah, yeah, I don't think Ken Austin or Ken Miller were, were real big on the platform at those times. Probably so, not. Um, but yeah, Corey Mace, like he is someone who I think because of his time as a player and uh, because of his time with the Stampeders, I, I think he has a real good understanding of what that team means to that community and what that fan base is looking for. And like, I, I've been very critical of the program over the last couple of years for how they've kind of handled everything. I think this is one where you can see what's kind of important now to this team and starting to, to build a winning culture. And that's a lot to ask of a first-time head coach to just like, hey, can you just come in and fix everything? But I I do think that from a culture standpoint, he's going to be great. He's going to be able to get a lot of buy-in from these players right away. And he is going to be, I think, the exact right coach for what a team like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, so based in community, so diehard about their football team, I think he's going to be able to, to match that and kind of match the enthusiasm with that community, which is important out there. So I, I just think, I think it checks off every single box. I think this is an absolute home run for the Riders. Yeah, minus the fact that he's a pretty good dude and has spent time with us idiots talking on the air more than he ever right. needed to. Horrible judge of character. Exactly. Horrible judge of character. Not yeah. smart at all. Uh, but, I mean, go <laughs> things like the turkey drive that he did for years and mm-hmm. the guys that followed him to Toronto. You don't just do that. For, for any coach if it's not the right guy, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a home run hire, a guy that understands this league and understands that Saskatchewan's a different animal than the other nine or eight cities in this league, and I think that's fair to say, and uh, I think it's a guy that's really going to embrace it. Now, we got more news today on the coaching front. This was a bit of a surprise, and I know caught you off guard on Twitter. The Ticats restructuring football ops in a big way today. Orlando Steinauer, no longer the head coach. He's going to focus on the president of football operations role, while Ed Hervey will become the team's new general manager, and they're going to try to find a head coach later this week, they're said to announce it. What did you make of that? That seemed to come out of left field that they were just going to do this massive restructuring in Hamilton. I know it was a disappointing year, but this kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, the the timing of it is the the biggest surprise for me. I kind of thought as the season was going on, because of how important this season was out in Hamilton, 
Um, given that they, they were hosting the Great Cup, they spent half a million dollars or so on a quarterback. Um, like they, they were very obviously all in for this year, and it very obviously didn't go very well. So I, I kind of thought a change was coming, but then after a couple of weeks went by, it was kind of, all right, I guess not. Um, yeah. And so the timing of it was, was the biggest surprise to me that like the, the, the coaching carousel with Saskatchewan had kind of calmed down. They, they've got their guy. Now they've got their offensive coordinator. All right, everything settled in. And then they were just like, smoke bomb and <laughs> changed everything. So like, I, I still think Orlando Steinauer is um, one of the smartest football people we have in the Canadian Football League. But maybe it is time for a, a different voice in there. And he's not going anywhere. Um, he's just like not going to be coaching anymore. Getting Ed Hervey in is a, a really interesting move. He has had some high highs and some low lows as a general manager in this league, but at his peak, uh, again, another pretty strong football mind. And then there's a lot of good coaching candidates out there. Like Scott Milanovic would be an excellent fit out there. And then you have a, a lot of brain power out in, uh, out in Hamilton, as, as much as you can fit under the stupid salary cap that you have on coaching out there. Um, but I, I like I, I think that this it makes sense just to get as many smart people as you can uh, at the same time. It was just it was the timing of everything that really surprised me in this whole thing. Yeah, it does seem weird after Saskatchewan finished their coaching search that all of a sudden Hamilton went down this road. And I mean, based on the press release, it sounds like they have a coach. Like they're going to name somebody this week, so they maybe have something lined up, but they just didn't announce it today. It's all very. Very strange, and I guess that's should be expected after the year Hamilton had. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, a weird year out there, but just has to be disappointing, right? Like they've they've been so close so many times, um, and this was supposed to be the year they go and make a big free agent signing um, that I, at the time I was critical of, and I think uh, as it played out, I was right. Um, and it, like it, it has to be frustrating. So yeah, obviously something had to change, but you're right. Like it's. It's just weird how some things go out there sometimes. Yeah, it just it just didn't feel like a day that I was expecting a news release on Hamilton restructuring football ops. But it happened. We right. talked about it, and uh, we move on with our lives. And uh, PK, as always, I appreciate the time. Great stuff as always, pal. Really appreciate you hopping on uh, and diving all over the place with me. Uh, enjoy the Flames in the Wild tonight. We'll chat again soon, pal. Oh, how could I not? Flames and Wild, former <laughs> Northwest rival oh, going yeah. head-to-head. Uh, those were the days. Hey, at least Minnesota is much more entertaining now. So, yeah, thank you. Um, looking forward to the game tonight and always fun chatting with you, sir. Thanks, PK. Take care, pal. All right, have a good one. See ya. Peter Klein joining us. Couch Potato Diaries host, wherever you get your podcast. Of course, a regular contributor here on Sportsnet 960. Joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Flames Wild. Uh, Shohei news for the Jays. Even some CFL. We can go anywhere and everywhere. Uh, with our pal Peter Klein. Appreciate him hopping on this afternoon. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Speaking of the Minnesota Wild, let's take a look at the opposition, a man that knows them well and knows Calgary well. Calgary native, former Flame, former Minnesota Wild forward West Walls, now an analyst covering the Minnesota Wild. He'll join us around the corner to kick off Hour 2 with a look at the opposition. It's the Flames and the Minnesota Wild, the game day here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.